So one random morning, I was sitting in my Bible time with my coffee, cozied up when no sun had risen yet, and I had this idea that I'm about to go work out, but I have so many golden nuggets that God just gifted me. And I know sometimes they're just for me, but sometimes I cannot wait to share them with you. I mean, isn't that what going and making disciples of all nations is, the Great Commission, right? So I decided I would jump on a Peloton so I can still get my workout in and still check that box for my habit building, my habit stacking, the atomic habits that build incredible momentum for my energy and for my sustenance and for my family and everything I'm connected to. So this is your behind the scenes, your backstage pass, your not live, but still really good Peloton and preach moment. Okay. So you might hear me huffing and puffing, disregard that or not join me, start working out while you listen to Peloton and preach. And then you won't be distracted by my windedness. Just think I'm on the Peloton next to you or we're running just like, you know, not coffee combo. Okay. We're actually moving. So let's do the thing together. Let's move. Let's remain fit in faith by activating and not just talking about the activation. And hang out with me on Peloton. I'm live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. And you can find me in my Facebook group, which is the Fit and Faith Network, just like the app. If you don't have the app, get the app. Or hang out Instagram live. Okay? It's really fun. Enjoy. Peloton and preach. Come breathe hard with me. Let's go. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. All right, y'all. I'm hanging out with my girl Allie on Peloton today. Can't always listen to her music choice. (laughs) So I didn't know what was going to come on first. So I'm like, okay, pull me closer, Jesus. Let's go. I think one of these days I'm going to have a Peloton element that's just mine, but not from their pretty studio from this studio to make it a little bit more realistic and encourage you to do the thing in your garage. But I am live. And so anybody who's like, where are you riding? You can see me in the feel good ride. We are live. And uh, yeah, it looks like right now I'm in seventh place, but there's only nine people here. So I need to get my butt moving, (laughs) but I'm not feeling good again. I'm so sad. I just like cannot cut this sinus infection junk. Um, So I slept terribly. My body aches. So this ride is 30 minutes. We'll see what becomes of it. But super excited to still share on the overflow of my spirit, right? Even this morning when I was reading 
<laughs> even though it doesn't mean this practically, there's always something more. But in uh, Matthew 9, it says, when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people do not need a doctor. Sick people do. And then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want to show you mercy not offer sacrifices, for I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. He's referring to when Matthew has the tax collectors, and Jesus dwells and dines with them, and the the religious are like, why would you hang out with them? And the importance of us commingling with the world, though not being of the world, and not actually looking to it from a reflective state of commingling, but instead guiding, teaching, being a reflection of Christ in those scenarios so you can actually call people higher, call them into the love of God, and introduce them to the one that you love. But if we ostracize and we reject and say, I can only hang out with my church people, even though we all are in that state, You have to recognize the importance of loving your neighbor. It doesn't say love your Christian neighbor. It doesn't say love your believing neighbor. It says love your neighbor. Yes, Kelly, drink my water. I've been drinking so much water. I'm not going to go into details on my fast, but I've been having all the liquids you could possibly imagine. That's why it's perplexing to me because I eat so healthy, but it's okay. I'm not looking for physical health. I'm looking for spiritual health every day. My physical health will be a ever-evolving journey while we live in our bodies, in the flesh. So I wasn't really sure what I fully wanted to talk about this morning as I was sitting with the Lord and processing Proverbs and just reflecting on some conversations that I was having this week with some incredible women, specifically. I love my guys, but a lot of girl conversations, girl chats this week, and some of them reflective on influence, reflective on growth and expansion, and I just want to encourage you, no matter where you are, the the impact that you're having right now is connected to the lineage and generational impact that can become when you're surrendered to the current moment and to what Christ is doing in that current moment. And I, I'm going to speak to myself in that regard, because there are surely times where I'm like, Man, numbers can get into your head. Um, Finances can look not like what you hoped that they would. Um, Situations can look not like what you hoped they would. You might have closed doors consistently and you're like, why does this keep happening? Now, I think if you're having closed doors consistently, there should be an internal uh, evaluation that takes place because... We serve a God who's predestined our good works for us. And I feel like when I'm dwelling in the house of the Lord, when I'm in this place of spiritual connection, and my prayer is literally, God, close the doors that aren't meant for me and open the doors that are. My eyes, my spiritual eyes are so open to, through discernment and the Holy Spirit guiding, to what is meant for me and what's not. And you can find so much more peace in the way that you go through life on a day-to-day basis when something looks like a no or is literally told to you no, you're just like, that's okay. It wasn't for me anyway, right? That wasn't for me. That blessing wasn't mine. And so specifically speaking to Genesis and what happened with Jacob and Esau and 
when he was taking the birthright of his brother, right? So Esau was receiving the birthright. He was the oldest son, and he was receiving the blessing as the oldest son. And his father, Isaac, sent Esau on a mission to go kill his favorite wild game, bring it back, make dinner for him because he was on his deathbed, and then come in and I'm going to give you your, your blessing. And so he did that thing. And in the meanwhile, his mom, which is Isaac's wife, Rebecca, who has always loved Jacob, the little one, the baby, a little bit more. And I don't think that it discredits her love for Esau. It's just, I don't think I have favorites. But there was something there, right? There was something there. And an element of that, too, was that her baby was being courted um, by some people who were local. And she really had this desire of him going back and marrying someone in her family line. And those women were causing friction to Rebecca. So there was probably a lot more going on. And not to say it was from God by any means, because it ended up coming back and biting Jacob in the butt. <laughs> and this is a conversation of karma. This is a conversation of what goes around comes around. But ultimately, it's the God's plan. And yesterday, I had posted something where it said, um, it was a really cool just like clip that blessed me, uh, saying um, that God's love recklessly pursues us, and that in that pursuit, we can't even dodge God's blessing. We can't even get out of his blessing because he just loves us so much. He has a plan for us to prosper. And I got a response from that saying that that's not sound doctrine. Oh, man, y'all, she's getting up on her, on her legs. Whew. Let's do this. I'm still in seventh place, in case you're curious. Seven out of nine. got to pick it up. These people are getting after it. So they have this exchange. Rebecca tells Jacob, you need to go in. We're going to falsify this entire thing. Instead of going on this big hunt, just go grab the goats from outside. I'll cook this meal and we will falsify everything. We'll put on fake skin so it feels like you're hairy from a goat because his brother was more hairy, more masculine than he was. Um, we'll put on his clothes so there's a scent of what you do because he was a hunter and Jacob didn't go out like that. And Sure enough, his dying, blind father fell for it. And so he gave him his blessing. And I went on a, a hunt, a search after that, because I wanted to know the significance and what it means for people to get a birthright or a blessing. Because you might hear people speak, and it's biblical, that you are co-heirs with Christ. By his birth and the birth of Jesus, we now have the same blessing upon us, right, when we're in his, um, in his union, in union with him, because he sees us as sons and daughters. And so, yes, there's that element, but I wanted to know, how could you take or steal, or how does that work? Well, one of the things that was brought to my attention was that Esau, who is the older brother, one day he came back from hunting, and this is prior to this scenario um, transpiring, came back from hunting and he told his brother that he was so hungry, and Jacob's like, I only give you the soup if I get your birthright, meaning I get the property, I get the, um, the liaison, I get to be kind of in charge of everything, give it to me. And if you read through Proverbs today, it talks about the quick win, 
It talks about satisfying the flesh instead of actually following suit with the spiritual knowledge and wisdom that has been given to you, not to mention taking care of the blessing that you've been blessed with. And this is where I think from a business perspective, people can get too big for their britches (laughs) or too eager or expect things not from God, but from the world to respond based in their obedience and discipline. And God doesn't work on our timeline. That's not his intention. There are people who have waited decades to get the revelation, to receive the blessing. Y'all, Abraham didn't even get the repetition of what was transpiring over and over again. God repeated to him his promise. You will be a father of many nations. You will be a father of many nations. And when he died from the fleshly side of things, he wasn't. He didn't have that many kids, too, in fact. And it didn't appear like the promise of God had been fulfilled. But what I find is beautiful and what we need to know is that the blessing of God passes generationally. And he will continue to pursue you. He will continue to remind you that this is my will. Now, does that mean that his will for you, his promise to you, could be rejected, could be denied, could be taken away from you based on your actions or your denying Christ? A thousand percent. God's not, it's like me with my kids. If I, if I promise them, like, sweet frogs, right, like Froyo, and and we say, okay, well, I hope everyone has an amazing day today. If you do this, then you get this. It's no different. But if they don't do that thing, whatever the circumstance is, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head, um, clean the room, or if you, I don't know. We don't really do, like, if-then things, so I can't really think of an example. Clean the garage, and well, I don't know. Whatever example you can think of. We don't really... Again, it's not a reward system that we work off of, especially for Froyo. But if that was what I said, that's a great example of saying, if you do this, then you get this. But if you don't do that thing, I'm not going to give you that thing. You don't get the if, you don't get the then if you don't do the if. And so that's the same with God. So understanding Al, while he recklessly pursues you, if you think of the example of the prodigal son, his dad couldn't wait till he came back into his arms. But first off, he didn't go out looking and hunting for him. At least I didn't mention it. I probably would. If my son left him, I'm finding that boy and bringing him back home. But he probably had responsibilities. He also had another son and a whole family to take care of and a home base to take care of. And so when he came back, the blessing was there. When he came back, the return of the inheritance was there. Right? And so this is where your actions connected to the blessing of God is critical. But if you think you can just be the bystander and not do anything to receive the blessing, that's not faith. That's you sitting down and saying, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that thing. I'm gonna get that pant size. We'll just talk about fitness for a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna marry that man. You're in pursuit of something, and you're not actually pursuing anything. You're wanting God to do it for you. And while the blessing remains generation to generation, our choices can inhibit us from receiving that. 
even though our salvation is a blessing and a gift that's everlasting. But what about the prosperity here on earth as it is in heaven? We had this interesting conversation about the riches in heaven. You hear this often, like, don't, don't seek after the treasures on earth. We are storing up. He is storing up treasures in heaven for us. So, like, don't fixate on money or not to say you can't be rich. Please be rich. <laughs> we need the kingdom. Entrepreneurs, we need the marketplace ministers to have that wealth so that we can do good things, great things, godly things, and we can steward the kingdom economy here on earth as it is in heaven. But it's this conscientious action that I want to talk to you about, regardless of the generational blessing that's on your life, because generational blessings, the counter is generational curses. And so in Genesis, they talk about this over and over again. Let's go back. Genesis 23, 24. I'm talking through right now. Actually, I'm going to go through my other Bible because I think that's where I was taking the notes about it. So many times, not only to Abraham, but also to Isaac, the Lord reminds him, almost says the exact same words about what it is that he's promised him as far as, I am God of your father. I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you. I will multiply your descendants, and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. So because of the promise to his father, who followed him all the days of his life, he now receives that blessing. So I think of my babies. I think of the people in my line, my lineage, I want them to receive the blessing even if I don't ever get to see it. And so if we stop fixating on the natural of I'm not receiving the thing that I'm waiting for and we start saying look to eternity and what that could mean for your children and your children's children and the generational bondage that you're breaking in order to be who you are called to be today. I believe the natural blessing that is the overflow and love of God you'll receive because ultimately peace, which transcends all understanding, love, joy, which wells up from the inside of you and is undeniable, is your treasure. And yet we look to numbers. I can't stand numbers. Or except for the book of numbers. <laughs> Actually, that one's hard to read too. But think about it differently. Change your mind. We have to renew our mind daily, right? And so if you're in this comparison trap of what other people have, just like Jacob was to Esau, he said, I want what my brother has. Even though he was still in the blessing of his father, just not in the traditional mindset. Well, guess what happened when he stole that thing, when he lied about that thing, when he got the quick, rich scheme, when he took the shortcut. We're taking shortcuts, too many shortcuts. We cannot do that. That's not how it works. God does not honor that. He honors the righteous. He honors the wise, not the fools. And there are lots of marketing tactics that are going after, just like the enemy did in the garden, trying to put on a, a disguise to say, this is right. And that's so far from the will of God. There is energy and effort that must go into the receiving of a blessing, just like Esau did. And so Jacob gets the, still blesses his son um, Esau, but 
not in the same way that he had already blessed Jacob because he couldn't take it back. And guess what happens after that? First off, his brother wants to kill him, which that also, you might feel like people are coming after you. And simultaneous to that, his mom, Rebecca, sends him back home to her brother, Haran. And this is where Leah and Rachel's story unfolds. And guess what happens? There's no way that he could have known what Jacob had just done. And even if Jacob shared some of that with his uncle, it wasn't his uncle's incentive. His uncle wanted his daughter to be married. So he he tried to change, again, change the blessing on his daughter's life. And I get it. It's a natural tendency to want the best for yourself and the best for the people you're connected to. But you cannot shortchange the will of God. And so he offers out, he, he lies, literally lies to Jacob, which is exactly what Jacob just did to his dad and his brother. And he has to wait seven years to receive the blessing that he actually wanted, which was to marry Rachel. Then there was additional qualms that transpired with her not being able to be pregnant. And I mean, so much unraveled. So if you think by looking at the way that the lineage of Jacob was established, which then you know the story of Joseph. Imagine your son, your favorite son of that, the youngest son, which is who he was. He ended up generationally taking that same baby, that same baby love to his son, who was then ripped from him for decades. And so there's pain associated to your quick actions or ideas. And this is why planning, this is why sitting with the Lord, this is why wisdom, which isn't an overnight experience, this is why asking for help is important. This is why being vulnerable is important. There are people on social media, and I know this for a fact, because I know them in information because they want to help. They genuinely want to, like, be a light. They want to vocalize for Christ. They They really want to expand the kingdom. Their hearts are pure. But they're not being fully transparent in the wisdom that God is teaching them in that moment. In in what friction is transpiring. And I don't mean that you're supposed to air your dirty laundry, but you do need wise counsel to be able to ask for help, for endurance, for you to be able to get out in front of people and not put on a facade Not to put on the fake skin because that's what she did to gain all of her followers. This is authenticity. You guys hear me when I'm sick and I'm still here. You guys see me when I'm crying and I'm still here. Y'all see me raising the roof and celebrating when something is great in my life. Not because I'm trying to show off, but because I want you to see what it feels like. And that this is not a highlight reel. And it's hard, and there's friction, and there's tension, and there's change. But change is amazing. It's a powerful thing because change is connected to your surrender. Because if you're not willing to surrender, change is going to be really difficult. Because change is often connected to correction. And correction is often connected to friction. And friction is often connected to blessing. Because you've endured, because you've said yes, because you've let go of what other people think about you, you've let go of the haters, 
It doesn't matter what they say. It matters what God says. And so I often wonder if Jacob didn't have the, the consistency on behalf of his mom because his immediate response when she came up with this idea was, are you sure? And, and then he probes the question, well, how is this lie going to work? Because all these other things don't make sense. And she kept giving him solution, solution, solution. Is this not marketing? Is this not the way of the world? Is this not media? Is this not pop culture? Is this not politics? Is this not education? This is broken. Let's fix it this way. This is broken. Let's fix it this way. When they're actually not going to the root problem of anything, they're fixing in a guise in order to make you feel like this is the next best thing. This is the right way to do it. Not going to get on a vaccine rant, but just saying. Not going to get on an educational tyrant or, or conversation, but just saying. Not going to get on a political voting experience because I don't really care if you're a Republican or Democrat, but just saying. Literally, people are being put to conflict. The world is a Rebecca right now saying, let's steal, kill, and destroy, which is an enemy tactic, and then we'll get our way, and we'll have what's comfortable. We'll have the blessing. We'll have the best of the best. The riches will be ours. That's greed. That's pride. That's rooted in envy. That's lust when you're lusting after something or someone that's not yours. And they're sexualizing everything, so of course we're going to have issues with it. But again, ultimately, it comes back to humbling ourselves and praying and being okay with the timing and the promise of God. But if you don't know what the timing is, it can feel hard. If you don't know what the will of God is, can feel impossible. Prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to the Lord and it will be given to you. We talked the other day about the importance of being crystal clear in your request. Not beating around the bush, not having an idea, not actually vocalizing it to God. There's no different than my kids coming up to me and wanting something to eat. And they're like, hey, mama, can I have something for lunch? I'm like, sure. And I go into the kitchen and I make the thing and it takes me 20 minutes and then lunch is ready and they come in they're like, oh, I, I didn't actually want that. I'm like, oh, okay, what was your idea? And they're like, well, I thought maybe I could have chicken noodle soup and applesauce. Well, I didn't know that. I already made this. We brought money with it. We spent money on it. I really prefer that you eat this, and then we'll have chicken noodle soup for dinner. No, I want this now. Well, the timing, it doesn't work that way. And I, I don't believe that God's like holding something back from you because you're not being clear. But I feel the more that we're able to vocalize our desires, the better he can be at responding clearly. And you not have all this questioning associated to it. So I want to go through Proverbs really quick. Before I jump off here, we've got four minutes left. Oh, man. It was so good today, and I love this challenge that I'm doing right now for Proverbs. So good. 
So we're on Proverbs 12. It's the 12th. And this is connected to the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The wise listen to advice. This is you going to the ones who have gone before you, going to the generations ahead of you, asking for sound wisdom. And sometimes it doesn't look like age because I know people who are really wise and have been walking with the Lord longer than I have who are younger than me. But better to be nobody and yet have a servant than pretend to be somebody and have no food. This is what's happening all the time. People are not living within their means. People are not surrendering the truth of what's their current lifestyle or capability of their current lifestyle. And they're drowning. They're drowning. I would rather be nobody and have a servant. I don't want to say servant, but and have help and wisdom and friends on my side, a community to dwell with than to be something that I'm not and have nothing. And I've done that before. I've done that before. And so I don't say any of these things. I say them in reflection because I say, oh God, I know what that feels like. I know the vast void of acting like you have everything, continuing to get the exterior accolades or items and thinking that's the satisfaction. That is so far from the satisfaction of Christ. And then you're experiencing, and now you're just more in debt, more burnt out, more exhausted because you think you have to do it the way other people do it. Those things are not bringing them sustenance. They're bringing them false success, just like the tax collectors, just like the Pharisees and Sadducees, just like Jacob. That was false success. That wasn't his. That wasn't his to take. And so humble yourselves means that it might not look what other people's blessings look like. Just because we're all called to be prosperous and we're all co-heirs, our physical doesn't look the same. So be okay with the gift of where you are now, but pursue him and find out the sweetness of the fruit that he's going to provide for you. It's going to sustain you all the days of your life. You're not going to be in lack. You're not going to be in want. You're not going to be in need. You're going to be able to wake up on the days, even when you're sick, and sit in your comfy chair and be like, Lord, I know you'll sustain me today. I know you'll give me strength. I know you'll give me peace. I know I'll have joy, even if I lose my voice halfway through the day. I know that I know that I know. And I want you to stand in that truth of knowing. But the only way to do that is to pursue him as he recklessly pursues you without abandon. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. So I hope this meets you today. I love you. Thanks for hanging out on Peloton and Preach every Tuesday and Thursday. I'm just going to pray over us as we leave. God, I thank you so much. I just raise a hallelujah, Lord, for the gift that it is to be your daughter, to be your son, 
to sit at your feet, to know that you recklessly pursue us, that you adore us, that everything that's yours is ours, that I don't have to chase down the ways of the world. I don't have to steal from other people. I don't have to get in the way of their, their treasure, their birthright, their even fame, Lord. That's not the intention of your heart. And God, I just ask that we can surrender, surrender what we think it's supposed to look like here on earth and come into the truth of your goodness and the incredible riches you have at your right hand that are ours right now. The fruit to the spirit, God. I pray that my friends will just pursue your wisdom, your knowledge, God. That they will know that she stands on the street corners getting their attention, trying desperately to teach. And yet there's so many other things that are so loud to listen to that we get distracted. The enemy is taunting like a lion. He's not a lion. But man, he tries to be a lion. He's trying to emulate what is truly good and healthy and righteous. But he's so far from it. When you take a bite of that rotten apple, Lord, gosh, I just pray that you continue to send your angel armies to each of the people who are requesting it delicately and confidently, that you'll protect them, that you'll protect their birthright, that you'll protect their generational paths of goodness and mercy all the days of their life. God, and that anything is connected to a generational curse, Lord, that they would be the ones to be able to sever it. Lord, that you're the one who severs it, but that they bring it to your feet, the feet of the cross, that they know that they, in their own strength, can't fix it. They can't create the outcome that they want, Lord. That's your will. And so will they just continue to humble themselves, to surrender and to seek you, God. We love you. We lift your name on high. May you be known in all the hearts of your children. May we continue to be the vessels in which brings them that truth. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, y'all. I'll chat with you soon. Have a great day. Let's see. I finished... Oh, man, see, this is tough. It's tough to go really, really hard on the Peloton and to speak and to not be able to breathe at the same time. I ended up eight out of nine. So, womp, womp, this is real life. But I rode 7.36 miles at an average resistance of 32, average output of 81, total output of 146 for all my Peloton friends. And remember, if you haven't already registered, you can go to my Facebook page under the event section. The last Saturday of the month, we will do a group Zoom ride, so it won't be live. It'll be at 7.30 in the morning, so I can let some of y'all sleep in, some of you snoozers, and uh, no judgment. Uh, We can all jump in and, and ride together, and I won't be the only one talking. So you'll get to see what it feels like. Even if you don't have a Peloton or you don't have a bike, you can go walking, you can go running, you can be doing squats. As long as you're moving, you're invited, (laughs) and um, I'm excited about that. Last one that I wanted to mention is that we have an event coming up. I think you can still register. 
I think today is the last day. It's Tamra.live. And this event is going to bless you. It's going to bless your business. It's going to bless your desire to have greater impact. And um, that is connected to a virtual event platform space. There are lots of marketing strategies out there, um, workshops, webinars, masterclasses. You guys hear about this all the time. Um, but this is not that. This is not a strategy. This is not a sales tactic. This is you coming and learning so that we can expand the good news and you know how to effectively cherish and develop in conversation and real life experiences not recorded for your community to serve and receive value and I know my servant leaders in the house that you guys want to do that and you might be hitting brick walls over and over again in your pursuit um, there are people that are identity um, coaches from the Lord they are healers there are people who are um, training up people to be spiritual coaches and um, we've got everything that you can imagine business coaches social media gurus the list goes on. Therapists who will be there. Um, so it's a, a large array of genres of people. And uh, yeah, you're invited. So Tamara.live. Remember to spell my name right because people get it wrong. Um, but yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy Proverbs over the course of the next couple weeks or days. I'll be back on Tuesday and we'll be diving again into that and the Bible in a year. So um, yeah, I love you. I'm going to Stop talking now and go get some water. Thank you so much for all of the insight today. Yes, you can shortchange the will of God. Yes. So good. Pursue him as he pursues me. Thank you for praying for me, Kelly. I appreciate you. All right, y'all. Sayonara. All right, quick interruption. But actually, it's not really an interruption. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family, be a part of the foundation of what the founder collective is heart premised on. And that's Ephesians 2.19, that we are found in him, that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ with him as our chief CEO, our chief cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly founder collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast, talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. Additionally, we're inviting you to our annual conference. This is be our third annual conference. It's taking place in Washington, D.C., November 8th through the 11th. You can go to thefoundercon.com. Again, that's thefoundercon.com. And you'll get to hear people like Jay worship and teach and share from his testimony. Anthony, Pastor Anthony, the bearded wonder. <laughs> He's going to come to you with his fiery flaming shoes and his voice and the belly. The fire that's within his belly comes out in such a dynamic way when it's on stage. Myself, my team, and all the incredible people who are part of this family. It's not just us. And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped and to also be resourced. We love sharing resources, which is what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in him as a founder in the Founder Collective.
Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Hey, everybody. I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.